This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 22nd, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. In this year of school choice, some lawmakers have felt compelled to change how they think about choice for lower-income families. Pennsylvania is one such state. Their Democratic governor has signed into law dramatic expansions of measures to help families make meaningful educational choices. Mark LeBlond with the Commonwealth Foundation in Pennsylvania explains how it happened. My colleague at the Cato Institute, Jason Bedrick, calls... Uh, 2021, and I've been leaning on him and needling him. Is it, are we there yet? Are we there yet? In terms of this being the year of school choice. And uh, from my vantage point in central Kentucky, uh, certainly that was the case uh, for Kentucky. Kentucky passed one a small but extremely robust uh, school choice program that uh, a lot of people are very excited about and uh, giving a lot of uh, lower income parents, a lot of new options. What has been the experience through this pandemic uh, with school choice and sort of the, the politics of school choice? Well, well, it's been an interesting year, Caleb, for sure. The, the year of education, Joyce, as, as Jason Bedrick rightly calls it. Um, you know, I've lost track of the number of states. I think it's 18 with major transformative either expansions or new programs for kids. But what we've seen is We've seen the the perfect villainy of the teachers' union. So somebody like Randy Weingarten is is you know the perfect villain. And schools are they've been closed, they haven't been open, but at a very basic level, they haven't been offering parents what they needed. So so parents and not necessarily the ones who've been traditionally seeking options. You know the parent, the suburban parents, the ones who are typically satisfied with their district school, they've been seeking new options because of how schools and school districts have responded to uh, the pandemic. And and that played out interestingly in our purple state of Pennsylvania. And it's been interesting to see a governor, Governor Wolf, Governor Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania, who's so uh, vehemently oppositional to education choice, sign, you know, record-breaking increases to the tax credit scholarship programs there. So describe that program. Absolutely. So we have two tax credit programs, uh, Educational Improvement Tax Credit. Uh, That is a broadly available means-tested tax credit scholarship program, basically businesses funding kids' private education. Uh, Then there's another one, Opportunity Scholarship Tax Credit Program. These are your failing schools. So they tend to be lower income. Uh, Average income on the EITC side is about 70000 Average income on the OSTC side, about 50,000. So heavily concentrated in Philadelphia. But the story there is about 60,000 kids, roughly, uh, given the latest data between both programs. But the story there is one of limited supply, and it's artificially limited supply by the government because of caps on the programs. So you've got about 40,000 kids waitlisted for these programs, and you've got $100 million plus in business donations sitting on the sidelines. So that's that's the perpetual fight each year is how do we overcome these caps? How do we get more kids off wait lists and into, you know, a better classroom? Yeah. So the, you, the optics of that are pretty bad. That is, there's money waiting to help get young people educated. There are uh, lower income parents uh, vying for that money. Uh, that's if you're the governor, that's a pretty tough spot to be in. Oh, absolutely. And and Governor Wolf has seemed absolutely heartless at times when it comes to the plight of 
low-income kids, minority kids, finding a good education outside of their zip code. He's said mean things about school choice. He's said things like these tax credit programs are, quote, a distraction from what we ought to be doing, which is educating every kid through the public education system. Uh, He's called them a raid on the taxpayer. You know, and these are direct quotes. He's done mean things uh, such as anti-charter school resolutions, you know, sponsoring or or promoting legislation against charter schools. Uh, In 2014, he withheld scholarship letters, uh, jeopardizing the educations of 8,000 kids. They were heading into the fall, you know, not knowing if they were going to be go go back to their school because Governor Wolf was going against the law, holding on to these letters. Uh, He vetoed legislation in 2019 that would have ended the wait list. So it's it's with more than a hint of irony that, you know, this year in particular, a record-breaking increase to the EITC program, about $40 million, so estimating 13,000 kids will have a school that meets their needs because of it. Uh, but even more interestingly than that is over the course of his tenure, uh, he's nearly doubled the programs. He's signed, and, and this is so counterintuitive, uh, he's signed $130 million of increases to the tax credit scholarship programs, which outnumber Republican governors. Even when you've got the trifecta, you've got both chambers and a Republican governor, nobody's uh, signed increases into law like Governor Wolf. For whatever his words about school choice, uh, it seems like he is acting in a a nonpartisan way. That is, uh, you say that Pennsylvania is a purple state uh, and this Democratic governor has signed into a tripling of the size of these uh, tax credits for K-12 education. So it's right. It's nearly doubled since he since he took office. Um, you know, and I, I can't attribute altruistic intentions to the guy. What, what I have to, you know, in order in unpacking this a bit, um, what I have to point to is there were stalwarts in the General Assembly who really forced his hand, who forced the issue. The the situation in Pennsylvania is each year, fiscal year ends June 30th, got to pass a budget each year. And there are code bills that go along with that. There's tax code, education code. So these, if you're going to expand, say, the EITC program, the OSTC program, you know, expand tax credit scholarships, that never passes as a standalone bill. It, It always either ends up being vetoed by the governor or ends up on his desk. And so he's got some kind of a win to take to his backers, the teachers unions. And then the increase actually ends up getting negotiated into the budget as part of the education code. And he typically signs that. And that's where we've seen those big increases. Um, In the past, it was a gentleman named uh, Mike Terzai, Speaker of the House in Pennsylvania, who's no longer there. Uh, And and presently, if I could point to any one person, it's a chair of the education committee in the Senate, Scott Martin, um, who've really kind of, you know, stood and said, we're not passing a budget without some increase to these programs. What's the lesson here for other states? Uh, You see all all of these fights, pandemic related fights over education, uh, almost all of which I think are a distraction from the overarching goal of giving parents more options uh, in terms of how their children are educated. But what is the lesson specifically in Pennsylvania? Like I said, purple state um, that uh, nonetheless has seen a fairly dramatic increase in uh, tax credits for education. 
There, there are several, Caleb. It, it helps if you have uh, real champions in the General Assembly who aren't going to take a smaller loss lying down, who if you take a smaller loss or if you take a bigger loss, you know, then you're going to push for something for these kids. Also helps if you can track the governor's patterns. You know, what is his pattern of legislation? If he vetoes something big, will he then sign something small? And if you can psychologically profile the guy a bit, which, which you know. All right, that's fine. I mean, it's fine as a tactical matter, but in terms of the the, the policy, it, it seems that, uh, at least from my view, uh, that COVID has made the politics of school choice a bit scrambled. Yes, yes, it certainly has. And so with, you know, you look at a state like Kentucky, right, where they've got this dream um, education savings account program. And, and, you know, if you look at all school choice options, you know, that, that's probably the ideal, you know, close to perfect, a tax credit funded ESA, um, you know, and, and that, that went through without his approval. Uh, but he, you know, he should sign something like that. You know, Gretchen Whitmer should sign something like that. Uh, you know, if they need, if they need something to show to, uh, you know, to save face or to show, you know, okay, I'm, I'm being oppositional. Um, there, there should be some mechanism to get at least a, some lesser victory out of that. In various states, there have been these fights first against, uh, one kids not being in school anymore, right. uh, that they were doing these, uh, non-traditional instruction NTI, uh, in, in various states. Now that kids are broadly back in school in many states, the fight is masking. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fight is critical race theory, whether or not that we're going to allow critical race theory to be taught in schools. I spoke recently with uh, Neil McCluskey about that for uh, a previous podcast. But to me, I see those fights unfold. And I think, guys, there's a really simple, less confrontational solution to all of this. And that is expand school choice. And I just do not understand uh, why the energy that is put into these very, in the grand scheme of things, pretty small issues, why that energy isn't directed directly into school choice. Exactly, Caleb. And, And we're seeing the same thing play out in Pennsylvania, particularly in southeast Pennsylvania, in the counties surrounding Philadelphia, where suburban parents who are used to getting their way uh, you know, with with the school board, with the superintendent, they're forming packs and they're and they're fighting mask mandates. They're fighting CRT, and I think part of the point was wrapped up in in your description of these fights. Plural. There are multiple of them. There's always going to be another fight. If if you quote win, you might not, but if you quote win this year, there's going to be another fight next year. Um, so my message to those parents is. Look at the underlying power dynamics. Do something, support something more transformational. Um, that's the freedom to walk away. That's that's real power. Fight for school choice. Mark LeBlond is a policy analyst at the Commonwealth Foundation. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>